on this week's Off the Back Fence. State of Origin Game 1 recap and Game 2 preview. It's starting to feel like 1995 and Operation Ambush is in full swing for the Queenslanders. We dive into both games. NFL Week 9 quick-fired round. We jump into pretty of a quick recap of all the games. The summer of cricket is starting to heat up. We talk all things scheduling. Coombsy goes on a bit of a rant on that fact. Is Coley a coward for not facing up to the Gabatois late in the season? English Premier League, the end of the Melbourne Cup Carnival, and a little bit of rugby talk. So stick around and enjoy the show. Alright, alright, welcome to another episode of Off the Back Fence with Woz and Coombsy. Coombsy down in Melbourne, mate, how are we doing? Doing very well, a lot more a lot. Um, yeah, just summer's here, day's getting longer, It's the sun's coming, the heat's starting to arrive and that means cricket's on its way. Oh, we haven't really discussed cricket off mic, have we? We've been more talking about what's currently happening. Now, before we dive into all the sports that we can talk about over the last week, a uh, quick shout out to all the people that have donated to Off the Back Fences team in November. Uh, no one can see it at the moment. If you go on our socials, I put a mug, mug shot up the other day. I dead set looked like I have a coffee stain on my top lip. Coomsey looking like, uh, who was it? Greg Spitz. Oh, Mark Spitz. Mark uh, Spitz. I think won seven gold medals in, oh, I'm going to guess, either 84 Olympics in Los Angeles or the 81 in Moss. I know 80 in Los Angeles or, yeah. But, yeah, so I'm trying my Mark Spitz thing and I just kind of realised I might have been put, packing a few pounds this year. <laughs> yeah, I haven't weighed myself. I'm usually, I, I can't gain weight, so I'm not. I'm just saying I haven't changed. But anyway, mate, thank you again for everybody that we've done. So quick shout out to Dan with 100, Jasmine with the 50, and Nick with the 10. So we're up to 160 out of our 1,000 goal. We're up to uh, – we're at, we're recording on the 9th, so we've still got 21 days to go. So I'll probably chip in at the very end of the month. But, yeah, any donations, make sure you do uh, go to offthebackfence at movember.com. But, mate, quick question. Operation Ambush, are we on? Oh, we are on, and oh, yeah, I just can't. Like, I think Origin's weird at the end of the season. I'm not a fan of it. I'm done with it. We're going back to normal next year. I'm, I'm a but big fan I was of a mate. fan of it being a very fast game. Yeah, very quick game. I'm a fan of obviously. I reckon I'd, I like the idea of a four week block in the middle middle of the year. I don't think end of the year works. Too many injuries, as we saw. Uh, so yeah, Origin one. Last Wednesday night, New South Wales 14, Queensland 18. Get on. Uh, <laughs> try scorers, uh, two to Addo Carr, one to Damian Cook, who got the first one. And then for Queensland, tries on debut for AJ Brimson, Xavier Coates, and the match sealer from the man running on UDLs, Cameron Munster. A dog. Um, now, I'm going to put my hand up. We were talking during the game. The first half did not feel like origin at all. And that could be probably because Queensland were down 10 nil. I don't know. It just didn't have a good vibe to it. How did you take it? I wanted to kill Phil Gould with this in the first 10 minutes. We dominated unbiasedly. We dominated for the first 10 minutes. Very yeah. unlucky not to get any points. And then Damien Cook getting that very lucky bounce off Tino's foot. 
and Phil Gould going, basically going, oh, he's predicted this. He's worked up to that. That's a set play. No, Gus, you're a fucking idiot. It was just a very bad <laughs> deflection. It was, yeah. No, his foot was trailing, yeah. essentially. He was trailing to where he was going. And, like, and, and credit to Cook, like he had a shocker to drop that off the kickoff, the first play of the game, and obviously put a bit of pressure on New South Wales. Queensland, like they had all the ball, they had all the attack, and then within the space of one set, New South Wales are down the other end scoring a try. So they played a simple game for the first twenty minutes, and it nearly paid off. It really did, yeah, um, yeah, very flat. Like uh, there was no direction from DCE; he was going sideways. Uh, Munster was probably checking the rust off from his championship bender with the cheese. So it took a little bit out of it. Um, Obviously, Queensland going into the half 10-0 down. Um, but you, you gave it to Gus, but he did bring up a good point. Wayne Bennett is probably the best halftime coach in the league to get his players going because after the break, mate, it was electric. Yeah, we came out and, like, you could see from – you could really see that last five minutes we were getting the momentum back. We were wrestling it back. We were going yeah. forward. Our line speed in defense was – I think that's one thing Wayne Bennett always has, a Wayne Bennett coach team has, line speed and defense. They always yeah. manage, like the great Broncos teams, they always came out as one unit. Um, just, yeah, and then after half time, I guess in just the boy, he gave him a nice little rev up, said, said what he had to say, and the boys responded quite well. Yeah, definitely. They came out all guns blazing. It, and it took a bit of a spark too. Obviously, the first try was out of nothing. Kurt Catewell absolutely monstering. Gutherson, uh, and he put an. I don't think I've seen a more uncoordinated kick in my life to put that ball to toe, but it came off. AJ Brimson, great support, and just reserve and just desserts essentially for his debut. He was fantastic at it's the very back. Very solid under the high ball. Didn't un, not one mistake, really. No, Quite not well at all. And then, up the wingers. No, it was good. Like and, and speaking of the wingers. Xavier Coates with the – I think I've never seen a happier bloke after a game oh, just to be a part of it. He was he was electric. And, like, with that attitude, that's going to be infectious amongst the playing group. And, like, you can see the boys are playing for each other. As they walked into the dressing rooms after the game, Wayne's not handing out high fives. He's giving them hugs. There's a spe- I think there's a special feeling going around that team at the moment. Definitely. No, I said it in our chat. I said it in a multiple group chat. Feels like 95, mate. It dead set feels like 95 when there's an underdog Queensland yeah. side that have no is hope. Is there going to be a stinking game too? I, I, oh, look, I'm all, for, I'm all for nostalgia and I don't mind seeing a few hands being thrown, but if it comes to it, it comes to it, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Origin is a time and place. Something major would have to happen for that to, ha- to go because – there's not really that many like, grubs. There's not many grubs in these two teams, to be fair. Uh, one of the biggest, like we obviously want to take a bit of a break and enjoy this, but one of the major issues out of this game that was brought up was uh, Boyd Cordner. Now, we spoke about it last week with Sparky. He copped an innocuous elbow from Felice Cafusi and went off for a HIA. With his history, we were both talking about how this he shouldn't be coming back, but within 10 to 15 minutes, he was back on the bench I was a little bit disgusted, to be honest. Yeah. Like, the, the New South Wales doctor, the, I don't know. I don't know. There's no it's, words for it because it's, it's just it's terrible player welfare. Because, <laughs> like, I explained it to a friend down here oh, yesterday afternoon in the pub. 
I said, if they, if he didn't come back, New South Wales were down to a one forward rotation with a man, Cody Walker, who's not actually, doesn't have the body size to play in the back row, can't really man up in defence. Um, and, yeah, they were going to be down to down to two, men up, two men after Cam Murray's injury. Definitely. And it goes down to player welfare. And it's been brought out now that he's been asked to – well, he actually ruled himself out, which is a smart move on his part. I think it's starting to play on his mind a little bit. He's 28 years old and he's having – like He's had seven games off slight, this year. The slightest knock to the head, mate, and it's – it's curtains for him every game. Yeah. And you have to think of player welfare, his livelihood. Like if he gets to 40 and he's, he's basically a vegetable, like that's just, yeah. that's going to be a lawsuit potentially. Quite, it's quite worrying. Like even like CTE, like concussions are worrying. Like even in amateur sport, like I reckon Definitely. I've probably suffered three or four decent ones over my time. I've been very lucky. I've copped high shots, but haven't been knocked out, to be fair. So I, I can't speak on the matter personally. But yeah, I thought it was a terrible look, terrible look for the New South Wales side, especially now that Queensland with game two, we'll bring it up a bit later. Christian Walsh, he copped a head knock late in the game. He's not playing game two. So and he passed. A bit of a di- and he passed too. That's exactly right. Yeah. But I think the continual head knocks to Boyd Cordner, yeah. it's just, it's not good. Uh, a bit more happier times. Kurt Catewell, the boy from Charleville, playing the absolute Adam Mogg game. Oh, mate. It was just That's the Queensland great. spirit. Like, that's yeah, the Queensland that's spirit, Queensland isn't spirit. it? You, once you pull that, like someone said, I think Wayne Bennett said to um, Dane Gay guy, why don't you wear your Maroons jersey under your South jersey? I'm I forgot to write that down. I've never seen a bloke grow an extra leg in a game yeah. than Dane Gai at Origin. It's like I, I don't can't speak for New South Wales, but – I think it's just something about it. We, as Queenslanders, we're born to hate New South Wales, no matter what sport you play in. It's just mm. like no, nah. there's like New South Wales are the rich, well, the rich people, and we get usually the scrub, scrub. So we develop this bit of a siege mentality. Definitely, and there's no point of giving it to us verbally because it just stokes the fire even further. It really does. I think Dean Ritchie came out and still called us the worst origin side in 40 years. Well, Dean, this is after an idiot. Yes. And let's be honest, your Even team just Joey, lost. That was yeah. another thing that pissed me off about the Channel 9 commentary. That was one of the most biased pre-games I've ever seen in history. <laughs> that was... I, no comment. Paul Gallen needs to piss off as well. He has got a rugby league brain the size of a fucking gnat. <laughs> the only thing that man was good at was ruining the end of the def- um, attacking set in the um, opposition's 20 by taking a fifth, uh, fifth tackle hit up also he was the man that destroyed origin fights to be fair when he put one on yeah. Nate Miles' chin but you know it is what it is I think that's enough game one. There wasn't really too much else. Like a few shining lights for New South Wales. Adekar scoring a double. He was fantastic. At one stage, he moved into the centers mm. um, defensively. So that was good to see. Uh, Cookie was solid after his initial drop. But other than that, there's not. Yeah. Their like, forward pack. Junior, yeah. Their forward pack, just for how greatly touted their forward pack was, Daniel Saifidi did go missing in the 20 minute mark. Yeah. And- do it. I did like Junior Paulo. He was he yeah. was very good. And Tyson Frizzell is he didn't have his usual line bending runs. 
No, he he's gone off the ball ever since he signed that contract with New New, uh, New South Wales, Newcastle. Sorry, he he hasn't been the same ball riding self essentially. And I don't know whether it's big money and he's clocked off. I mean, who knows? You can't really judge on that. Um, we'll move to game two, mate, because obviously we're coming up to the second game this week. When you're listening to this, it'll be Wednesday, so it'll be tonight. Um, game two, Wednesday, the 11th of November, ANZ Stadium. So notoriously a slow track. However, being in November. No rain for the last three days. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'd be light wind and 24 degrees. Now, yeah, so looking at the team list, we'll go through the outs. So for New South Wales being the home side, Boy Corner, that's an obvious out with his head knock. Cameron Murray, he only lasted two minutes in that game one. Hurting. The dead set looked like he had done his knee until uh-huh. they came out and said it was a hamstring. So Cam Murray's out. So they got a couple of new wins. Um, Angus Crichton moves from the bench into the second row. And then the bench, uh, they've mixed it up. So they've gone uh, Delphinukin. Nathan Brown and Isaiah Yo all making their debuts. Uh, they've also moved Cody Walker into the six, and they got rid of Keary. Now, was this the right half to get rid of for New South Wales? No, I think Luke Keary is a miles better. For being under 30 and having three premierships, like Nathan Cleary is a baby, as Andrew Jones said later in an article on Friday morning. Nathan Cleary is a baby when it comes to origin football at the moment. He's 20 years old and, like, he does still – like, you can see even when the Panthers play, when his forwards aren't going forward, he doesn't have the kicking game or the maturity to edge, try to swing the moment, wrestle the momentum back for his team yet. Yeah. New South Wales are very notorious for blooding very, very young halves. So they did it with Jared Mullen. They did it with Mitchell Pearce, who is obviously the GOAT for New South Wales for absolutely shitting the bed. They've done it before too, so I th- I would have stuck. I would have stuck with Kiri. I didn't think he get much of a chance. Cleary went missing in that first game. Fun fact: six games in Origin, zero try assists. That's a very telling sign. Mm. Um, for Christ's sake, Kurt Catewell has more try assists, and he's only played one. But that's just that's just cherry picking stats. Uh, there's no more notable emission like. They've got Kiri as the 18th man, Cameron McInnes and Stephen Crichton, even though no, uh, Stephen got, Crichton pulled. got ruled out today. So Zach Lomax yeah. just came in. I mm. think Clint Gutherson's very lucky because if there was going to yep. be a centre change, he was going to be made the scapegoat, even though I think he had a very good game. Jack he got White. found out a couple of he got found out a couple of times. White and definitely. White and definitely. And I don't think oh I that's what we're saying about Queensland. You can throw any of them anywhere and they'll do their job. New South Wales have this thing about if you're not picked in their the certain positions, some players in their past have had a little on-field tantrum. Exactly. Whiten was a very good fullback. He was a very good centre for Canberra. This is a big step up. I still yeah. think he's the better He's the better option for the six. I would have probably preferred putting Cody Walker in the centres, to be honest, but he is a defensive liability, so who knows. Yeah. We'll move to our side of the paddock, mate. Um, few outs. So AJ Brimson, unfortunately, did his foot, broken foot. So he's out. He's had a terrible run with injury, the poor bloke. He had a great run at the end of the year, but this is just a terrible finish to the year again. Uh, so he's an out, notable out. Christian Welch, we mentioned before, HIA. So they're giving him a rest. And Cohen Hess, I didn't rate him last week. He, yeah. 
He did a job in that first 20 minutes, as I said last week. He, all he's going to do is tackle. Yeah. He, and he kind of like, he didn't, I think he was playing on the other side of the field that he's used to at the Cowboys. Yeah. So, but other than that, like, we, it can't be really a bad, like, we played really well as a team. And it's very hard on him. You can't, it's hard to change a winning formula, but when you go to New South Wales, and obviously Wayne Bennett's got a team in mind that he wants to play at ANZ, he's, yep. yeah, someone had to be cut. Definitely. So obviously with a few injuries and outs, um, big one for us, Valentine Holmes is back in the squad. He takes the number one jersey of Brimson. Um, I feel that if Brimson made it through the whole Origin series, uh, Holmes would have been on the wing. Sammy would have been out. Um, Sammy was solid. However, he, he did get found out a couple of times on that left edge with him. Yeah. So uh, Holmes in a fullback. Uh, the back line stays the same due to injury. Capewell is the question mark at the moment with his groin. He did. They did say he pulled up all right. So I'm going to take their word for it, and he'll do another job for us, I reckon. So Dunamis Louis comes into the forward pack to make his starting another debut. Big bopper, definitely big bopper. So he joins his teammate in Josh Papali in the front row. I think that's a fantastic pick. I think it's just reserve, uh, just dessert for what his great year for the. Oh yeah, he's been everywhere, hasn't he? Broncos, the Seagulls, the Raiders, oh, yeah. and it's it's paying off for him. Um, with Cohen Hesk dropping out, Jaden Sewer takes a starting role, and then on the bench, bad. on the bench, ben same Hunt. as the fir- same as the first game, you got Honey, Collins, Jai Arrow, and making his debut is we want to say it Mo Fodawaker. At a boy, there we go. So Mo Fodawaker makes his uh, debut. Yeah, I. Th- I like it. I think there's I think there's no real big changes to the team. I reckon we roll through. Sports bet, I think it's quite rude what they've done. Oh, terrible. So they've got New South Wales nine and a half points favourites, which is an absolute joke. The over-under is 39 and a half. Also, Queensland are $3.50 favourites money line. Like, it's, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's – yeah, well, this is – and that's just another ammunition to go. Any of the boys have got betting accounts, they see that. They're going to just flip, flip sports bet the um, finger. Another thing I want to grind my gear about, that god-awful star, the star casino, um, Freddie Fittler thing, singing the te- blue team <laughs> song. That is absolute trash. We would not, as a proud state, ever pull that cr- type of crap. We wouldn't get the Treasury Casino to do that, would we, mate? no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I honestly think it's it's money for jam. I reckon good teams win, great teams cover. So I'm taking like this is this is my little multi I've got on. I got Queensland to cover nine and a half point start uh, into the under. Now I know it's a it might be a faster track than usual during the June July period, but I still reckon she's going to be a hard slug. I reckon it's going to be under thirty nine and a half plus. Valentine Holmes, I was very tempted to put him first try score at $17 because he has scored the first try four out of the five times he has started. Big money. $13. Big, big money. $13 but, in 2017. I had, had him on and I had 100 on him. But but I've stuck with it any time. I still feel that's great value at the fullback roll. Um, so that rolled into $11.50. So that's my little multi for the night. Um, game go. two, mate. What are we thinking? <sighs> I'm going to go Queensland by two. Right. Um, my first try scorer, I'll stick with it. 
the main Dane Gay guy because he looked deadly every time he had the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think this is going to be a lot harder than Adelaide. We're walking straight into the lines den here. They're going to... They're gonna. They'll. New South Wales will find something. Freddie might walk them through under the under Sydney Olympic Stadium like he did last year. That was that was a flog move. Yep. There's there's gonna be some mind games, but if anyone else can negate mind games, it's the great man Wayne Bennett. So yeah, I reckon That's Queensland it. by two here. Queensland by two. Fantastic, with, with mate. I'm probably gonna go a little. I reckon it'll be four again. I reckon Queensland by four. I I don't know. I just. Sydney's always a bit of a weird one. Like, we've had a great run, but that was obviously during the, the eight-in-a-row years when we had four Immortals playing had, for us. I don't yeah, know. But we then had those real dark years where it took us, what, eight years to win our first game? It really did. And, like, late last year, that game three, we were that close to we punching our way. we played last year in game three. It, game, and Ethan Lowe, um, he was unbelievable on his debut. His one and only game for Queensland. But, yeah. Mate, looking forward to it. All I know is that I'm either going to a decider or a whitewash in a week and a half's time. So when Suncorp is lit up for Origin, that's going to be fantastic. But enough footy talk, mate. I reckon we move on to the last of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. So Thank we'll you, do it now. TAB for fucking us up. Yeah, now <laughs> we've spoken off mic. There's a lot of theories getting around on Facebook. But I think... What we've spoken about it, it doesn't seem like a like it doesn't seem like the power outage. They were hacked by Q Adam. Dottie's Trump supporters were getting their money back. Yeah, they weren't. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it makes more sense. Like we spoke about it. Anything with a data center usually has a backup generator, but there's no way that two failed. Yeah. Like there's something going on. They were hacked. It, so if you've yeah, got some TAB account, get your debit card off it. That's your hot tip from the off the fence boys this week. And but speaking of the speaking of the horse races, mate, we had the after the Melbourne Cup, we had the Kennedy Oaks Day on Thursday at Royal Flemington. Uh, personal winning that one for Darren Hayes, I think it was the trainer. Yeah, I had, and I th- was it Oliver that rode him? Yeah, David Oliver, I had Tai Chi Goddess at twenty seven. That was a yeah little tasty thing I had, and then I yeah, also had a little um, flutter on. My man Willie Pike riding um, <laughs> art class at 200 to 1, got the odds boosted to 375, and I threw a 10 on him thinking, well, I'll make my Christmas holidays. Oh, that would make it really good, but no, not to be. Um, leading into the last day of the Flemington Carnival, the Melbourne Cup Carnival, whatever you like to call it, you had Arcadia Queen absolutely braining them in the McKinnon Stakes uh, and Bivouac winning the Daly Sprint. So, that bivouac, that sprint was unbelievable because it was up against Nature Strip who won Horse of the Year, I'm pretty sure, in Australia. Yeah. But he – like I read the stats on Racenet and bivouac was sitting fifth at the 800, fourth at the 400 mark, and then he went on to win it by three and a half lengths. Like that's that's a hell of a sprinter. That's a hell of a horse. Yeah. Definitely. And Arcadia Queen winning it um, for WA. Obviously, I think Willie Pike, he flew back to Perth, so he had to go back into quarantine, I think, for the Perth Cup in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so he missed out on riding Arcadia Queen for that win. So, oh, 
that's the end of that's the end of horse racing essentially. There's not really too many big ones up. I know the zipping's classic or the like zipping sprints up in a couple of days' time, I think. But yeah, all the fun betting's gone for a bit. I think we have to keep it now to NFL, mate. What do you reckon we talk about week nine? Yeah, we'll talk about week nine. So week nine in the books for the NFL. A bit of rapid fire. There was a lot happening this round. Obviously, we've been a bit busy, so quick fire. We'll touch on four games, but uh, the Packers beating San Francisco on Thursday, Falcons beating the Broncos from a late comeback, uh, the Ravens beating the Colts and continuing on their role, Texans just beating the Jags. The Jags covered the spread, so that's a great team. Uh, the Vikings beating the Lions, that was pretty much set in stone. The Titans beating Chicago. Giants beating the FT. Not many, not many people would know what the FT is, but that's the football team of Washington. So The team to, formerly known as the R-Words. The R-Words, that's correct. We're trying to be very respectful here. Uh, Raiders beating the Chargers. Dolphins beating Cardinals. Uh, and then we'll touch on the games. So that the ones that I've picked out. So back in Sunday, the early games, the Bills destroying the Seahawks. Now, this was supposed to be a matchup where it was going to be Josh Allen versus Russell Wilson. So... MVP candidates, Russell Wilson more so, but it turned out to be the Bills absolutely shit pumping them. So yeah. hell of a hell of a game from them. It ended up, I think it ended up like forty four to thirty three, like an absolute bell, like I, a humdinger. I picked them in me pick them, so I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think I did too. I actually no, I went Seahawks. I went six for eight in the pick them this week, so I was pretty happy with that. But yeah, oh yeah, that's a good and win. Then, my other one game to touch on would be, are the Tampa Bay Bucks scared of running the ball after only ha- running it four times in a game and one oh, five times and one of them was a quarterback kneel with the, last, in the, last, the dying seconds of the game? Yeah, I think this week it was supposed to be Tampa Bay's coming out party to prove to, them, prove to everybody that they're a contender this year. What the Saints did them in the first half was fucking unbelievable. They were just everywhere. It got to the point where it was a bit of shithousery and Jameis came in against his old team, ate the W on TV afterwards. Like That was incredible TV. He went one for one for 12 yards. He didn't make a mistake, which is unfortunate. I would have loved to have seen an interception. Pick six, oh. that would have been all time. But it is what it is. Tampa Bay, to me, just proving that they're still Tampa Bay. Like They won't get over this hump. They may have picked up probably the greatest quarterback and tight end combination in the history of the NFL, they're both old as shit. And, like, they may have the weapons around them, but they also brought on Antonio Brown as cover, and I, I can't see the Bucks getting any further than the first weekend of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm just... Yeah, I think the Bucks are maybe this year's gelling te- gel, get the year to gel together, and then hopefully next year they make a good run in Brady's last contract year with them. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, other games that I'd like to touch on, Chiefs just beating Carolina, and credit to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was back, which was fantastic after a few weeks out with a high ankle sprain. He was back to his beautiful best. He, I think he rushed for about over 60 yards, received for over 80 with one receiving touchdown. Fantasy god at the moment, so I'm a big fan of him. Chiefs, Chiefs winning 33-31. Chiefs are still winning. Mahomes is still Mahomes. They've still got that high-powered offense, so I wouldn't be anything worried about that. Uh, Saints shit-pumping the Tampa Bay Bucks. Pats. Your Pats. What Jesus. happened today? 
didn't they escape from jail? They nearly they nearly lost the Joe Flacco led Jets, and, and the team with no offensive weapons, a near forty year old running back in Frank Gore, and he'll keep somehow, breaking records. <laughs> somehow the Pats win with two TDs from Cam Newton, Rex Burkhead with one, but no receiving. Um, no. no receiving touchdowns without Cam Newton throwing for over 250 yards and one of the wide receivers going for over 100 yards. Yeah. No, I I, I had a big day at work. I only checked the scores at the very end and I saw that the JTE Jets were up and I couldn't believe it. I watched a few highlights on the way home. Man, some of those, like Flacco was throwing dimes today. Like he was elite. Like he still is is Joe Flacco elite? Like that's still the question going around the NFL. Is he still going? I don't think so. He's at the Jets, but yeah. So the Pats escaping. They win uh, thirty to twenty seven. And the big one. We've still got an undefeated team, mate. The Steelers. Oh, Pittsburgh, black yeah, and yellow. The, black and yellow. Yeah, the Bumblebees. So yeah, Steelers beating the Cowboys, which was pretty pretty much to be expected. I think the Cowboys were trialing their fourth starting QB since uh, Dak went down with that Danny, terrible Danny injury. Danny Bonaducci or Billy Bonaducci or no, that was last week. This week it was from uh, it was a quarterback from I think it was Western Michigan, so from the MAC conference. Don't they have no idea? Um, oh, Josh McCowan on COVID? no, no, Josh McCowan I think is with the Eagles. Oh, so they have him. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, big week in the NFL. I won my fantasy by four points, beat the number one side. So I am wrapped. I'm still in the mix. So I'm very, very happy. Uh, my pick, I think, was a little bit worse than yours. I haven't checked it, but anyway. I'm um, back at so- top thousand. Oh, we're back. Are we on for the money, are we? Oh, I'm hoping. I would like to be where I was about four weeks ago within the top 300 of the country, but... <laughs> At the moment, a thousand for a man who really just picks who off he picks the teams who he plays with in Madden. So it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I think that's enough of your uh, NFL talk, mate. We'll move to the English Premier League now. You had a few notes here. Obviously, Man City and Liverpool was the big matchup of the weekend. Yeah, some people would say it was a dire f- thing, but for me, being a Liverpool fan, it's quite a big victory taking a draw. Um, at the end he had, which was paid, played in front of a normal group of fans with no one there. And, um, yeah, they played really quite just – they did got the early penalty. VAR screwed them over again. But let's just leave that for another day. Um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold being coming out with a calf injury for four weeks. And that takes our injury toll up to 13. And we're still second place. So anyone who thinks Liverpool taking the title last year was a fluke, you can go take a long walk off a short pier. Go kick rocks. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Are you going to give me credit for Tottenham being a top four side now? I am because United is shit house. (laughs) Arsenal is shit. uh, And Chelsea are fucking not even much better. Is that man United sledge aimed at anyone in particular? Oh, it's just aimed at generally anyone who wears that fucking horrendous red jersey. That is like, oh, <laughs> go go spend half a billion dollars on players who hate playing with each other. You got a centre back who turns those has got the turning circle of the Titanic, and then you've got a um, centre midfielder in Pogba who's more worried about how good he looks on the field than rolling up his sleeves. Yeah. No, I feel you, but I, I th- thank you for being as big of you to say that we're a top four side. It's taken a long time. 
Spurs were good over the weekend. Like tough scrap against West Brom. They get the late winner, but that's how you do it. You get the three points late, and that's how you're going to do it. You say I'm top four, but we've got a hell of a run over the next couple of weeks. Just pulling it up now. Tottenham got all have, three. Yeah, we've I got. You've got all three London teams at one point. Yes, we do. So we start off this weekend with Man City at home, so at the Spurs Stadium. Lost. We then we when we have that massive trek down to Chelsea to play Chelsea away, Arsenal at the Emirates, then Crystal Palace at Crystal Palace, and then we take you guys on uh, up at Liverpool, Leicester, and then Wolves. So at the current time, City's a top fourteen. They're either one or two. Uh, Chelsea's up there. Arsenal is not that good, but they still give us a fair fight in the North London derby. Crystal Palace, we've had a few good results over the last couple of years against them, so I'm not overly worried. Liverpool is always a good game. Now, we always have a fun bet with that, but it's always not good for me. It's been a very good... It's been a, it's been a bad result for you for a long time. Yeah. And hopefully by four weeks' time, we have Trent Alexander-Arnold back. We'll have Fabiano. So we'll be near... Well, we're close to full strength without our big, uh, our big Dutchman in the back, Big Verge. <laughs> he is a big Verge, though. Um, and then we finish off with Leicester and Wolves, who are both top six sides. Like Leicester, it was the weirdest thing over the weekend. There was like results were happening. We had new number ones. Like Spurs were top of the league at one stage. Then Leicester won. They were top of the league. Uh, yeah, it was a wild, wild EPL uh, round. It's good that we're back into regular programming, though. Like we've got. Champions League, we've got Europa, we've got a little bit of FA, it's good. It's Internationals this weekend. Oh, is it Internationals again this week? Yes. Oh, God. It, like, we were talking about it last week. I don't know. It just it seems like overkill. But it could, is it because they like they missed out on Euros this year? No, it's the League of Nations tournament. So it's like the tournament they have to finish in between thing. But you've got to start wondering about player burnout because you're going to go in from this season, you go into Euros – and the following year, World Cup qualifying starts this year. Next, is it this, this year? Or next year, yeah. It might. It's it has 2022 to. in Qatar. So you can't like. There's you've got two major international tournaments, and plus you got the you'll have the Confederations Cup and um, the Conf, the South American version of the Euros next year. So a lot of players are going to come close to playing 24 months straight of football. I just like I literally had a stroke then when you said that qualifying for the World Cup started this year because in my head I just thought no no 2024. I think the reason for that is because the Olympics didn't happen this year. Yeah, like that that has really that's sort of like my yardstick on where things are in the sporting world. It's like oh yeah, World Cup, rugby World Cup, cricket World Cup was last year, Olympics this year. Oh yeah, two years. I literally just had a stroke. That was really bad radio. My bad. Um, but yeah, EPL, we're good to go. Uh, it's starting to get warmer, mate. We now there is a commenter on our one of our Instagram posts. I hope you're listening, mate. We're talking cricket. We're back. Summer is here. It's starting to warm up. Now uh, you've got a bone to pick with the summer scheduling. I'm leaving you go. I've got a massive bone to pick with the cowards in India at the BCCI. Come and sue me if you want. My my address is in Richmond. You'll probably hear me screaming at the, the TV during the summer. How dare you, guys? I know COVID and rather border restrictions, 
but you have somehow jagged away from playing. You're playing on a drop-in pitch for the first test in Adelaide, a drop-in in uh, Melbourne, and then you're going to go play on that spin-friendly deck in Sydney. And then by the time you get to Brisbane, this, either the season series is drawn, is done, and you've got a dead rubble, or we're going for a draw, and you're playing in Brisbane in January when it's, let's say, in a La Nina year, you're going to get fuck all cricket played because of um, afternoon storms. You're a bunch of cowards for avoiding playing on a live Gabba um, pitch. And I'm losing my breath because of my rant. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're scared of a couple of good, couple (laughs) overs of good old-fashioned chin music from Jimmy Patterson, who I still believe should be in the test team. Look, I think I feel like you held back just a touch there. Oh no, and I'm and Coley. <laughs> yes, you've got a child, but come on, play on the gabby, you coward. Let's see your hook there. You, we've we made Jonathan Trot crack. We made England's cry, and we've got we've got Smithy back. So we're going to punish you this year. Have you run your mouth like you did last time? We will fucking pull your pants out and spank you. Right. Done. So, okay, now that was good. That was good. You held, I think, very proud of you there, mate. You didn't drop any really bad words. I don't have to bleep anything out. So that's really good. Uh, so a bit of a recap of the rant. Uh, yeah, so first four tests of the C series, one right. of them will be, yeah, the first three won't be in Brisbane, uh, which sort of deflates it a little bit. I always love the first test, always being in Brisbane. We, it just it just kicks the summer off right. We haven't been defeated in Brisbane since 1988. Incredible so why not start. play your best cricket there? And I know COVID's done the thing, but you could have figured a way out to arm pressure, pressure on. Because India were, oh, we don't want to do a two-week one. They, I was pretty sure the Queensland government would have gave them a thing to train at Allen Field. I definitely That's think so too. money over to the Queensland government because, yeah, but there's a, there's a big Indian population here in Brisbane who love their cricket. Also Sri Lankan. Yeah. There's a big population here. They love their cricket here. Yeah. So so like you mentioned, first test Adelaide, second, which is the Boxing Day test, which I thought was very surprising. They're going to fans. Still not going to be the same atmosphere, but hey, oh, it's I fell a cra- asleep a cra- when I India played the Boxing Day test. There's, there was video footage on uh, Instagram of me falling asleep, so <laughs> it's not really going to be any different. Uh, so yeah third test in Sydney which is always the new years the Glenn McGrath test match which is always good uh, then Brisbane gets a shout I don't even I don't think I've actually looked at the one day or the 2020 I know Big Bash is very close to kicking off because Sheffield we, Shield is full swing we've got um, one day is starting in a couple of weeks um, in Sydney and Canberra and then a couple of um, T20 games but yeah the Shield Last Shield round before test team um, picking or international duty started. And big shout out to Will Pavosky, who got moved up to the top of the order from Chris Rogers, the Victorian coach, and has really flourished back to back double tons since then. The last man to do it since um, Michael Clark was the last man to do it in 2012. Now, that, so, was, that in, was that in Shield? No, that was in test, but that's still let's say first class ton, so you can't take that away. Definitely but not. But yeah, he's put his hand up, and with sadly Joe Burns looking out of form, but um, he's the could be the next opener. But I think 
they'd like to keep Joe Burns because he ten- does tend to have a good relationship with Dave Warner and they are quite good friends. Yeah. So that's one thing. I, that's what I don't think would work. Uh, that's why I don't think Matt Renshaw got a fair go with Dave Warner. Yeah. Because they were two contrasting styles. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the selectors think. Yeah, definitely. Like, and no pun intended, but I will go and I, I will go into bat for any type of Queenslander for the Test side. It's always been dominated by Vicks or New South Welshmen. So any Queenslander making hey, the Test Mitchell side is Swepson always could, good. Mitchell Swepson will make his Test debut in Sydney after grabbing his third five for, for the, this year. Has been turning a ball on a dime. Out, yeah. He's been fantastic. Um, yeah. So Will Provosky, he's been hitting runs. Um, what else has been happening cricket wise? Like, I think the IPL was nearly over too. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 don't I, I don't like twenty twenty. I'm going to put my hand up. I'm a you're, purist. You're a traditionalist. Give me, give, give me five days, and then maybe the odd fifty over match. But yeah, twenty twenty is just for the fans and that. But um, for the the oh purist, say, well, just to say twenty twenty is not cricket. But yeah. <laughs> And then my other point from this round of Shield cricket is Mitchell Stark throwing a what so can I describe as the one of the greatest dummies I've seen since I pinged my fifth, my third grade um, captain at Peroy when I was seventeen LBW because I will put my hand up. I played cricket for twelve to fifteen years of my life. I don't understand the LBW law. I will put my <laughs> hand up. I'm, I'm a spin bowler. I remember one time everyone's appealed and the refer- umpire goes, mate, why didn't you appeal? I said, I didn't really understand. He goes, you know, if you appealed, you, got, you appealed, you would have got him. I was like, oh, okay. And then next time I appealed, I was like, hey, how's that? He goes, that's not going to even get a response out of that. <laughs> so I you remember shook your giving, confidence. I remember giving my captain out and I got – death stare pretty harsh as a 17-year-old. And then I was – I think I did double shift umpiring that day because I was too scared to go back back on, <laughs> onto the sideline. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I did see the footage of that and a bit of context. Was that, was that to cost him a century? century? Yeah. So Phil Neville, the <laughs> New South Wales captain, he declared with Starkey on 86. <laughs> like, oh, that's something, I, 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 I that's something our good friend Dougal Loftner would do. If I Dougal can't get a century or five, he'll fucking. That's it. You're coming in. <laughs> I can understand. I've seen it before too, and it's like I can understand the like the team dynamic of it. Like you got like with Shield, it's four days, not five. You haven't got you got a limited limited yeah. amount of time to do that work. So and you get rewarded now for bowling a team out instead of playing for a draw. Exactly right. So all time dummy spit though. It was fantastic to see. Now we're gonna do it. We're gonna talk rugby. Wallabies won in Brisbane. That was talking rugby. Yep, yeah, I'll take that. Cover the spread <laughs> as well at seventeen and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we, we should definitely talk about it though they did win in Brisbane they won tough they won with two no one red card each and a, I think Corabiti went off for a 10 minute sin bin it was the weirdest game of test football I think I, I watched the extended highlights the guy for the Wallabies was on debut he got his red card that's quite that's the that's quite that's a, the. That's a quite a bit of pub trivia coming up in the next ten to fifteen years. That's the bad boy of private school rugby, right there. I don't know his name, but God, that's bad. But 
one thing, as we talked about earlier in the pod with CTE, rugby is trying their hardest to stop out high shots, and that's what's going to deter you. He, we just found out today he's been given a four-week ban, which realistically transfers to the 6th of February because of football for the games he misses. So yeah, that's it's going to deter you from having go, hunting heads. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I think rugby league could take uh, – not to the point where they can take a lot from rugby, but they can definitely pick and choose on certain issues. But yeah. uh, Wallabies undefeated in Brisbane. Like, seriously, just play the games in Brisbane. Don't go to Sydney. Don't go to Melbourne. Don't go anywhere else. Just come to Suncorp. You'll be safe. You won't get beaten by the All Blacks. Fuck, you may, win a fucking, you, you may win a fucking – You may win a Bledisloe. 18 years. Play every Hell- game in Brisbane. Fuck. I think I can remember the last time we won. Who I think was that when Johnny, been... I think John Eels did that on oh no, was 2000. 2001 is my last happy memory of Blizzard when John Eels did that miraculous um, sideline conversion. conversion in Wellington. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say when Jesus was playing for fullback for Jerusalem. That's how long ago it was. Oh. Um, some good news for rugby, though. They've been, they've been copying a pace in the last couple of years, but... They signed a new TV deal, I think it was yes on Monday, three years, $100 million, but it will be the first time that professional rugby will be shown on free-to-air television. So it was bought by the Nine Entertainment Company, which is essentially Channel 9. Stan will have a standalone sports channel, which will show every single uh, Super Rugby game. It'll show every international. It'll show women's rugby, I'm pretty sure. But the big kicker, I think, for Rugby Australia is they're getting free-to-air Saturday night time slots. So they'll get prime time on Saturday night for an Australian match, which is fantastic because there's always been a gap. And it's all, I've always found it weird why Rugby League hasn't had that in broadcast deals. Maybe it's because Foxtel just buys out the market for the Saturday night. It's their draw card, essentially. But uh, or maybe there's some lonely kids who like watching Harry Potter reruns. Hey, shut up! Hey, good, good, clean fun. I've never had that problem because I was <laughs> I got lucky as a kid when I remembered when I was seven years old. My dad came home and said, "I got a surprise for it." We had the All Star <laughs> guy on the roof putting a satellite dish. So I've had Foxtel, I've had All Star or Foxtel since I was seven. So I've never had the trouble <laughs> wondering what to watch on a Saturday night because I've always had rugby league. Oh, God. No, I, I get with KO and all the streaming services now, it's a lot easier. But Dead said, I reckon I could sit on each streaming service and think, what can I watch? And I said, I spend at least 30 minutes just trying to decide what I want to watch. So it's just a time killer. Uh, another win for the good guys, the rugby league. Uh, Susi Vunavalu, he won a premiership two weeks ago with the Melbourne Storm and gets a call up to the Wallaby squad. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. He hasn't played a game since he was 18. Of the- in school, in schoolboys. But he's oh. Fiji and it's come second nature. But in other Storm news. Oh, God. The Cheese is in quarantine in Auckland, so he's safe. Oh, good. Thank God. So he's safe. So he's. His drinking can be moderated, maybe. I don't know how the quarantine works. But I think maybe his liver's um, at the moment quite happy with that decision. He dead said, you put that up on our story on Instagram the last week. He dead said he looked like a broken soul resting up against, uh, was it Cooper Johns? Yeah, he looked like, <laughs> I, can say, I can say I've been there in his position. Plenty of splendors, few benders. But, uh, yeah, I can say... 
that moment when you sleep on a couch and your mate cuddles up on you, you're not going to fight, but fight it because it's one of the most <laughs> things in the world. Oh shit. Uh, I think that's about all the news we had. We were going to do a six-pack, but we're absolutely gassed. We've been working – well, you've been working overtime and I've just been travelling like manic. So thanks again to everybody that's been tuning in. I've been checking the stats. We are getting a fair few listens, which is which is good because we absolutely talk some dribble. It's yeah. like it's a bit of fun. Like we're doing this out of our own – like we're, we're doing this for our own health essentially. We like yarning about sport. It's a good medium to get it out and have a few hot takes. Um, so, but yeah, if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, jump on Apple, subscribe, leave us a review. We're on Google, we're on Spotify. What else are we on? Amazon, Stitcher, wherever you can find your podcast, we're usually there. We may eventually get onto YouTube, but that's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and I'd just like to thank everyone who's donated again to our Movember page. It yeah. means a lot, and we're going to keep going and. If we reach our goal of a thousand, Waz will keep his mo for the rest of the year, and I'll possibly add another tattoo to my body. I did say it might go the big cat route, where I might just keep the mo and just have stubble around my beard. Like, it, oh, that's it's, what, it's, I would. I love to have the Mark Spitz as we I put up on our socials the other day, but let's just say lockdown. I've lived in a very good part paddock of chalk mint biscuits. biscuits. <laughs> Dude, please don't tell me you're turning into the Queensland Nathan Hindmarsh. I do love them. Like, every time <laughs> I go to Coles, I do tend to go down the biscuit aisle and pick up some Tim Tams. Oh, and Jess has told me that every time we do shopping together, Jess ushers me past that aisle. <laughs> uh, I think we might wrap it up, though, mate. Anything? Actually, no, I know. Um, do, I I need to give you, do I need to give you an intro for this? So, uh, no. the, the Sean Marsh stat of the week. Sean Marsh, if you're listening, please contact Coombsie. Sean, you did it again. Another great century. Very well. <laughs> Round of applause. That's third for the season. Three-foot golf club, mate. Christ, he's got to fight a fucking 22-year-old who scored in Darrell centuries. Come on now. Yeah. So the fact this week is his nickname is Sauce for son of Swampy. His dad, Rod, played for – oh, no, Jeff, played for Australia. Great, great opening batsman. But I'm going to come out and say Sean Marsh is the greatest left-hander since Matthew Hayden to don the um, baggy green. You no, find this, me one that, better. This, this no, is I will not, argue no. David Warner is not he, – no. He's ticked <laughs> off. He's cross. He's got a cross through my name. Sean Marsh, greatest technique, greatest left-hander, most destructive 2020 player in the world at his peak and an absolute beast in one day's. Yes, he's got glass hamstrings, but he's one of the best left-handers since Matthew Hayden. Oh, I was not expecting that hot take. I really wasn't. Damien Martin? Right-hander. Oh, you're kidding, is he? Yeah, and he finished before Hayden. Fuck's sake. Oh, my apologies. Good fact. Very good. Um, I think that's it. Thanks again for everybody listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, enjoy Origin 2 tonight, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. And go Queensland.
Talking about my AC, never doing nothing, blow fans. Walgreens, car shopping, all that. 